0: Yeah, I suppose I've been accused of being somewhat um, boring, but uh, is boring a good thing? That's next on this episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal podcast. Greetings, Earthlings, and uh, welcome to another episode of this, the Gratitude Journal podcast. Matthew is my name, uh, wrapped in a sweatshirt for the first time this year. The basement layer has a sense of chill about it. Even though I look uh, above me into my glass block windows and it looks like the sun is blazing away, it is a pretty typical quintessential autumn day here in Northeast Ohio and has been really for the last couple of days. Now, We're sort of anticipating some warmer weather later next week. Maybe the last blast of, uh, you know, Indian summer, I guess. But uh, right now, it's a pretty typical uh, autumn and uh, kind of enjoyable, kind of enjoyable. I don't know that I like what's coming after it, but uh, that's um, that's the drama that we have to face. But we're not facing it today. And I'm using the dreaded W word, okay? Uh, How are you? Hope you're safe and that you're healthy and you're wearing a mask and social distancing. And wow, are we tired of talking about that? Are we tired of saying that terminology? It's getting kind of boring, isn't it? Like you just want to get around it or on top of it or underneath it, anything to avoid it. But that's kind of where we're at. and. Fighting it, at least at this point, seems to be futile at best. I uh, do want to express a celebratory mood to a certain extent because the Cleveland Browns are 4-1. Now, we can't say that too often here in Northeast Ohio and in all of the over 200 official Browns backers organizations worldwide. Uh, we don't get to say that too often here in a portion of the season that is relatively early, but we're going to take it. We're going to we're going to soak it up. We're going to suck it up, and uh, we're going to revel in that because the Browns have to travel to Pittsburgh Sunday, and that's never ever ever a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but this is our little salve for the COVID nineteen wound, really. I have to say so far, it's been the bright spot of the whole year. Even if you're not a Browns fan, at least you can, as long as you're not a Browns fan, you don't, you know, revel in the exploits of some other team, at least you can sort of get on board that train and, you know, and high five those who are, because this is a relatively this is a relatively eventful thing for for this to happen. Our uh Our deck painting is almost done. We had to dodge the missiles of cold weather and rain and things really not being dry. And my bride has this thing where she says that she's kind of done with something and then she backtracks. And I'm talking about scraping. And if you've ever had to like chisel paint off something Or, you know, power wash it. We avoided the power wash episode because we were told that it could damage the wood. And, um, so Donna's been out kind of scraping and then I started to paint and then she would scrape some more and find some more. And I was getting kind of upset because, you know, I got on my painting togs. I, you know, put my counter thing on holes so that if people knew I was, you know, in the studio, they would be sending me stuff and I didn't want to put them off too much. So I put sort of like, I'm out for lunch for an hour. And then I would run upstairs, change my clothes, grab the paint, get all set up. I was in the, mood to paint, ready to roll, and then she was there scraping, and she would say, we can't paint yet. We got to scrape this. So this went on for a couple of days. Anyway, long story short, we got a coat on, and about four hours later, it was a downpour. Today, it's sunny. Tomorrow should be sunny, so hopefully, we'll be getting that done, and we can call that uh, quits and move on to some indoor projects. So probably like you, you've probably tackled these projects that maybe you haven't done before. We've let them build up for like 10 years, and <laughs> now we're, uh, we're way behind the eight ball. I sometimes wonder if we should show gratitude for being kind of dull and kind of boring. And I think as we progress through the decades, I get the sense that, you know, unless you're, you know, Keith Richards or Mick Jagger and you're sort of an elderly rock star and you're used to, you know, the the sort of ebb and flow of going wherever you want and sort of doing whatever you want and really having, you know, an income level that uh, really requires you not to have to be uh, mindful or safe or mm, should I do this or should I do that? Uh, most of us, most of us, I think, as we progress through the decades, we're sort of in this mood, I think, that we get kind of stuck in our situation, and that situation is kind of like the way we do things. And I sometimes wonder, should we be grateful for this kind of boring sort of dullness that encapsulates our life? I thought about this the other night when I was watching the dueling town halls which was really a situation that could not be at opposite ends of the continuum. And for all of the railing I've done against the current occupant of the Oval Office, I found that particular town hall really much more invigorating than (laughs) than the former vice president's town hall. And even though I sort of yearned to see some excitement and a little more energy, Out of the former vice president, Uh, I found myself kind of moving back and forth, doing sort of a, you know, an A-B comparison between the two. And, you know, the current occupant of the Oval Office, you know, his particular town hall was just much more invigorating. But I wondered, as I was flipping back and forth, if some people won't just simply vote vote for the former vice president, because it's just high time to have a little bit of sanity. You know, when you have visitors come and maybe they come in larger numbers and you're really excited for them to, you know, to arrive and you're having a blast. And after a period of time, you're sort of like, you're ready to sort of get back to the way that you always sort of do things most of the time you want to get back to your routines you want to get back to the normal ebb and flow of your particular day-to-day existence and I wonder I wondered during these town halls if for some people it isn't just enough to say, you know, we've sort of endured these four years, and some people have really enjoyed it, you know, the four years of, you know, this current administration that um, has really sort of, you know, turned things on its ear to a certain extent, whether that's good or bad. And again, I'm not making this a political podcast, but, you know, it. I think it does speak to the fact that, we have had really an administration that has really set the bar, I think, for other future administrations. And if you can give Donald Trump any credit, you have to give him credit for the fact that he really has turned the playbook sort of around. Now whether that turning around and turning upside down is is necessarily good or bad, I'm not really judging that during this particular podcast, but that really can't be denied. I mean, we really have encountered things that we've never encountered from any occupant in the Oval Office. But I wonder if that topsy-turviness doesn't for some get in the way of what we would prefer, and that is a kind of almost um, monotonous kind of existence that doesn't encapsulate too many ups and downs, like there's not too many peaks and valleys. We just kind of want to maintain our equilibrium, as it were. And, you know, in the last podcast, I referenced Pema Chodron, and I hope, again, I hope I'm pronouncing her name, the Tibetan uh, Buddhist nun who, uh, whose books uh, I've read on several occasions. And you know, she reminds readers that this necessity that we seem to have for not having our equilibrium attacked, like we don't want a bunch of bad things to get in the way of this kind of, you know, you know, equal bandwidth that we'd like to live by on most of the time. And really, on the opposite end of the continuum, you know, most of us will never really experience these extreme, you know, ecstatic, um, uh, euphoric highs that, you know, may be on the opposite end. So we just we kind of prefer our life to be this sort of hmm this is kind of humming along and i wonder how good that really is you know years ago in my career when i first started sort of moving from a radio broadcaster into being predominantly a sort of a voice artist and then, you know, a producer of of voice tracks and other people's voice tracks, I always sort of wore this badge of honor. And the badge of honor was that I was willing to do anything for anybody at any time. And I wanted to do this not only because I thought, wow, this is a really good practice because I want my clientele to know that I'm available for them 24-7, but it just seemed like a lot of other people were doing this, like that was their MO. And so I wanted to do the same thing. So when we would travel on the rare instances that we would travel, at least in this last 10 years, You know, I would have a portable rig that I would bring with me. Like I would bring my microphone and I would bring a preamp and I would bring a laptop so that I could record and I would try to emulate the sound that I would have here in the studio and I would be able to record at the drop of a hat. And so vacations really became working vacations. And I would say to myself, hmm, I wonder if I pulled off the side of the road at a rest area because I just got an email saying, hey, um, Matthew, can you just help me out with this? Uh, you know, a couple of lines. I forgot to put it in the promo before you left. And so I, you know, I think, well, I would just pull off the side of the road in the rest area. I would uh, open up the trunk. I would drop the laptop in the trunk. I would sort of partially close the trunk on my head. I would turn on my microphone. And in the midst of cars racing back and forth on I-95 at 90 miles an hour, I would record these two lines because, darn it, I am just a dedicated you know, person. I am a dedicated artist. I want my clients to know that I'm available for them 24-7, any time of the day, any time of the night. And then I realized that this was not only impractical, but it was really doing myself a disservice. And and really, to a certain extent, it was really kind of doing them a disservice. Because if I needed a part for some piece of equipment in the studio, I would not be able to call up some electronics store at, you know, one thirty in the morning and say hey, I I need this uh, sort of capacitor. I know you have it. Um, Can you uh, get out of bed and jump in your car and drive down to the electronics store and open that up for me so that I can have this capacitor? I mean, they're not going to do that for me. And it's not that I'm just trying to make it reciprocal. It's that it just seemed impractical from a variety of standpoints. One, uh, Donna was just like, what are you doing? you're on vacation, or this is a long weekend, or we're going to a funeral. What are you doing? And I would say to myself, well, I want to be the best person available for their needs because somebody else is going to step in and do it. I want to do whatever it takes. And it was driving me crazy And it was robbing me of all this time. It was robbing me of battery charging time. And my quest to be this particular kind of person was robbing me of the time where I really needed to be sort of boring and dull. And I just needed downtime and I needed to just veg out. And it taught me a lesson about being grateful for recharging the batteries. And so I would say to myself, okay, rather than just doing whatever they want you to do, you should tell them from this time to this time, I am completely unavailable. So, you know, let's plan ahead and I have all this extra time before I leave and let's get her done. And then when I'm gone, I'm gone. My friend Jeff in Nashville has been doing that for years. And he enjoys taking these sort of outdoors trips where you don't have phone access and, you know, the boundary waters of the upper Midwest where there isn't anybody to contact you because there's no way to contact you. And he would just say, listen, this is our time and our time is sacred time. And so I want to be this kind of, dull boring person who isn't going to jump at the snap of a finger to do what you do because now this is my time so is the routine good or is the rut bad routine or rut i like to think of it as an 85 ten, five, which I'll get to in a little bit. But when I look at this quest to be dull, (laughs) I think of my coffee, my newspaper, and all the other routines during my day. And as anybody who knows me knows, Having the chance to read my paper with my morning coffee is sacred. I have to have it. I can't avoid it. I need to know what's going on. I know. Don't start the lectures on the newspaper industry. Until newspapers are completely dead and buried, I will continue to support having my newspaper And I want it to go with my favorite cup of coffee. This is a routine that I will not give up. It's a routine that I will not be challenged on. (laughs) I know that sounds serious, doesn't it? So I think we all have these routines that we get into and that we need and that we value. and. So I find the routines help us get things done and they help us stay on track. For instance, if you don't schedule regular meditation on a daily basis, then you will not do it. At least for me, I will not do it. If I don't work it in and schedule it, then I will not do it. And so for me, Zazen is important if only for the fact that it's something that I need to schedule in every day and I don't want to be taken away from that routine. Because I know invariably the forces of nature are going to impact that routine. They're going to get in the way of that routine. They're going to fight me on this routine. Because some people don't care about my morning newspaper and the coffee. They don't care that I have to schedule morning meditation at 9.30 in the morning. And they don't care that when it comes to finishing my lunch, I need to take my at least 10-minute walk afterwards to settle my brain, to focus on what I've done for the day, to focus on what I'm about to do in the afternoon, to make sure that at the end of the day, and it doesn't always happen, that I can check mark it off. And during the nightly walk with Izzy, I can say to Donna, yeah, I had a pretty productive day or I didn't have as nearly a productive day as I thought that I could. This is what you have to do when you are out there battling the entrepreneur elements who are all going against you. And in my chosen profession, it's even worse. So this is a necessity. It's tough. It's boring, it's dull, but it has to get done. So, thinking back to Pema Chodron, though, how intrusive is the chaos? And do we allow some space in our day for the chaos? And is this good or bad? And can we appreciate it in some way? Can we be in a strange way, grateful for the chaos. I mean, dentists have a schedule, but they, from what I understand, they schedule a little bit of space in their day for, you know, there's emergency things where someone calls up and says, you know, my woke up this morning and my molar on my left side is killing me. I don't know what to do. Okay. Well, doctor can work you in at 245 today because from 245 to 250, there's that little space. So, should we avoid the chaos as an intrusion, or should we invite it and prepare for it, knowing that the forces of nature are going to eventually get in the way? Sometimes on my calendar, when I write things down, you know, Donna's appointments, trying to keep her straight and organized and trying to keep myself straight and organized, which is just as tough or sometimes tougher. I think to myself when I check those things off, ah, another week. And then I look back on the previous weeks and knowing full well that the weeks coming up are going to be just as bad. They're going to have the same marks, meaning that the chaos is really never going to end. There's always something going to come up. A tri- Another tree branch is going to fall, you know, and you'll have to call somebody to trim it. You're going to have a leak somewhere and you're going to have to call a plumber or try to figure out how to fix it yourself. Some row of lights is going to go out and something on the electrical panel needs to be replaced. And these things are bound to happen. They're always going to happen. And you can't fight them or prevent them they, I guess, should be a part of the boring routine of our lives. But many people, like me, we're irritated by them. We're bothered by them. Over the past couple of days, Izzy's been itching like like Crazy. Just, like, he can't stop itching. And a poor little thing. I mean, I'm checking him to see if there are fleas. I don't see anything. I don't see that he's, you know, scratching into his skin where there's blood yet. But, I mean, it's just really, it's driving him crazy. And at the same time, lately at night, Donna's, like, been having trouble breathing. So, all of a sudden, the ding, 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 the COVID-19 warning bells go off. And last night was one of those nights where she was having trouble breathing. So that woke me up. I got awakened because at my age, I mean, my bladder doesn't fully cooperate with my chosen sleeping pattern. So, you know, that woke me up as it usually does every night. So then I struggled to sort of get back to sleep. So Izzy sleeps in the room with us, not in the bed. And he was doing his scratching and it was just, it was horrible. So Donna decided to get up and go sleep in the other room in the living room because she wanted to be near a bathroom because she was also feeling sort of nauseous. And Izzy was scratching and I was thinking to myself, Come on, world, stop, please. I mean, it's you know it's 245. I'm gonna be up in several hours. I gotta make sure that you know I'm I'm refreshed and I have a day of work and I had to do this podcast and I just had a lot of things on my plate. You're getting in the way. You're an intrusion. Stop it. I want to be boring. I want everything boring, dull. I don't want anything to interrupt. I finally got to sleep. And then Izzy woke me up again because he was having a bad dream. You know how dogs do things? You know, they're being chased by someone or they're chasing someone else they like. I don't know. And so that woke me up. And then I thought, maybe I should go out in the living room and see how she's doing. And as I was thinking that, and then I fell back to sleep. It was just one of those nights slash mornings that just got in the way. And I... Do not want to be bothered by this chaos. But then I thought about this this morning as I was finishing my morning paper and my coffee. That this is unrealistic and this is irrelevant, really. Because these things are going to continue to go on and they're going to continue to unfurl themselves and while I invited chaos early on by being willing to sit in the closet of a hotel room and try to turn on a microphone to record something for someone because I was just such this accommodating person and really on the downside causing myself angst and worry. Now I just want to be left alone. <laughs> so I thought about diets and I, Here's the thing about diets for me. Diets don't work. I mean, they worked in the interim. They worked temporarily. When I was working at the radio station in Mansfield, the first time I got into this diet program with Physicians Weight Loss Center, and really, I lost a crap ton of weight. Of course, Anybody would lose weight if their diet consisted of carrots in the morning, salad in the afternoon, and a piece of lean chicken in the evening. I mean, if you ate that day after day, then you would lose weight too. And so I looked at these pictures that they glowingly took of me with their staff in their newspaper advertisements, and there I was standing there, the big, the slim, svelte Matthew, looking like... Well, just looking emaciated and gaunt and ready to fall flat on his face. And so after years of trying the different programs, only eating meat, never eating meat, only eating salad, staying away from leafy stuff and only eating fats i started to devise this program for myself and this program was the was the absence of a program and i called it 85105 so 85% of the time i was going to eat well i knew exactly what i needed to eat i mean i've been down this road so many different times i mean i'm almost well i'm not going to say what i am but i'm advancing in age okay AARP already sends me stuff. I have the card. So if I don't know what's good to eat by now, then I'm never going to know. And since I had the Nissen fundoplication surgery in 2005, it actually has affected my appetite. So I can't eat large meals in one sitting. It's just not possible. I also can't vomit, but that's another story. So what I've told myself is that 85% of the time, I'm just going to eat well. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to follow the guidelines that I already know about. And I know exactly what to stay away from. I know exactly what I probably should be eating. And, you know, the the, the basic food groups and the basic food stuffs that allow me to be healthy and at my age to try to minimize the bad stuff going into the temple, and that's what I'm going to do. And then 10% of the time, I'm going to mm, kind of stray from the path a bit. Give myself a little bit of latitude. Give myself a little bit of leeway and say to myself, okay, on Thursdays, I am going to have a double IPA or... mm, on Thursdays, I'm going to have a small container of handles pumpkin pie ice cream. Just every once in a while, just kind of moving off, looking around, looking both directions, making sure nobody's looking, and just have a little extra bite of this or just have a little morsel of that. And then 5% of the time, Five percent, just full-blown McDonald's fries, tater tots during the Browns game, maybe even a couple of IPAs. I mean, I'm just gonna go full bore. I'm just gonna just say, you know what? I'm pretending that I weigh 95 pounds and I need to gain 100 pounds, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pound that fork like there's no tomorrow for that five percent of the time, and then that's gonna get it out of my system. So my point being that I left the diet realm to create my own system, and in the process, I really think this system is a system that I should follow on a variety of things. 85% of the time, going through my dull, monotonous, boring routine. 10% of the time, stepping out briefly, being prepared for the chaos, trying to anticipate where the upside things are going to go. And 5% of the time, just saying, screw it. Now, people have said to me, you know, with your current situation and everything going on with your, your bride, you may want to renovate that 85 10 5 philosophy. And that's yet to be seen. That's for another day. And perhaps in the 10% realm, I need to prepare myself for that a little more. I need to be better. At not just pretending that my day is kind of mosing along during its eighty-five percent chug-a-lug, and not being more aware of things that are going to eventually come down the road. And so these numbers may be augmented, but I guess my point is, we have to step out of our safe space every once in a while. I'm not talking about skydiving. I'm talking about stepping out so that we can appreciate the 85%, so that we can be grateful for the 85% that we're given. Those times where you've already worked out, you've done your workout, which is another part of the routine and the schedule that has to be inserted or else I'll never do it. So I have to schedule those times in during my week because I'm prone to sit in front of the television with a bag of jelly beans and just say, screw it. It's like practicing the guitar for 10 or 15 minutes. It looks great sitting in that stand, but I have to take it out of the stand. And I have to put my fingers on the strings and I have to get with the program. And I think in order to be grateful for the regular stuff in your life, I think you have to step out of the regular routine of your life. Take a trip occasionally. Go visit an art museum occasionally. It's free. Go take a walk somewhere you've never walked before. Do something that is a little different. Go see a play. Maybe you're not a person who watches plays in the middle of a pandemic, (laughs) when the pandemic is over. But I think these stepping out of our routines makes us appreciate the routine that we have. And if you use routine to give you balance and you use routine to get things done, I think those other small pieces of things outside of the routine will make you more appreciative and grateful for the way that you're trying to operate your life. So I say this with a lot of trial and error, and I say this not knowing what's coming down the pike and what's coming down the road, knowing full well that these things could be augmented or changed and trying to mentally and physically prepare for those changes, but Boring, dull, yes, can be good, but it doesn't have to be suffocating. It can be augmented and appreciated by stepping outside a little bit so that you can eventually come back to it. I like the fact that the Browns have stepped out of their ineptitude. And giving us a little taste of four and one. <laughs> it would be great to make it five and one this weekend as they travel to evil Pittsburgh. We lived in Pittsburgh for five years, so the the towns are very similar, except for all of those Lombardi trophies that they have. It would be nice to beat them in Pittsburgh. Well, I hope that as the numbers here in the Buckeye State climb, sometimes to really depressing numbers, I hope wherever you are that you are still safe and practicing good health procedures. Because we buy into all this mask stuff, and even though we don't like it, we're going to do it. I'm also stepping out of my comfort zone here in a couple of weeks because I'll be filling back in in the restaurant again. There's been some upheaval, and I've been asked if I could help out a little bit. And so I thought about it. I weighed in on it with Donna. I gave it a lot of thought. I also thought a little bit about the more than $1,000 I have to pay on my shoulder surgery loan. And, <laughs> and thought, you know what, I'm going to double mask up and I'm going to help them out and hopefully they can help me out. And I'm going to step outside of my comfort zone and outside of my routine, even though I don't like it. And hopefully there will be benefit and not bad things. Because Sometimes I think you have to do that. Until then, thank you for downloading and listening to another episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast.